This podcast is sponsored by the Faith Mission Christian Fellowship Church Incorporated, continuing the vision for end time ministry. Be sure to purchase Kerry Golston's first ever publication, Go Teach My People Faith, co-authored by Lisa Williams, now available on Amazon.com. Interested in becoming a member, giving, or submitting a prayer request? Text Give Prayer or Member to 845-254-2445, fill out the prompts, and a member of our team will contact you. We believe that you'll receive wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, health to all your flesh and bones, and revelation knowledge as you partake of the word. And we believe that your faith is growing exceedingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Come visit us at 160 West 129th Street in Harlem, New York. We'd love to see your face in the place. But for now, enjoy today's message. Isaiah chapter 1 and the 19th verse. It declares, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. If you be willing and obedient. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I had a I had a, a bit of an encounter with the scripture when the Lord first brought me to Harlem. <clears throat> in that I was going to this little storefront church that you heard me talk about so so often and where I met, met Sister Barbara because she came uh, shortly after I arrived there and uh, the Lord had sent me there and I had threatened to leave didn't want to be there after the first encounter and uh, then he told me to go back and I finally agreed and I went back and I was there and I was there for, for some time and uh I went there obediently, but not willingly. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, I, I was, uh, you know, I was obedient. He said, go, I, I went. But you know, you can go and grumble all the way. Amen. And that's not pleasing to the Father. Amen. Sometimes we need to get our grumble under control. Amen. Just because it ain't going the way we want it to go, that that does not uh, that does not fit into God's uh, agenda. <clears throat> so, after I grumbled for I don't know several months, uh, and things were it was tough. Things were very tough, and then I got a revelation of this scripture, and I changed. I'll never forget it. Saturday night in the bathroom, shaving. I used to go in the bathroom Saturday nights. I wasn't married then. I'd go in the bathroom Saturday night and I'd be in there, oh my goodness, about two, three hours. Darren can tell you. I'd be, I'd be in there two, three hours. That'd be, that'd be my time. You know, I'd go in there with my radio, my tapes or whatever, and that's it. That's where I started my, my, my Bible study. <laughs> so anyway, I'd be in there and, uh, and just like that, I got a revelation of this scripture. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And I changed. I said, that's it. I'm willing. 
So that's it, Lord. I'm, I'm willing right now, this very moment, I'm willing. And uh, you have to back up what you say. See, you, you can fool folk, but you can't fool God. Amen. You got to back it up. When you say you said you're willing, you got to act like you're willing. Amen. So that was Saturday night, Sunday morning. Before I ever went there, I started saying, I'm going. I'm going to enjoy everything. I'm going to enjoy everything, and I'm going to join in with everything. So you got to be willing. You got to join in. See, you, you can't be obedient and go there and then sit on the back row with your mouth poked out. You know, no, I had to join in. I had to sing stuff I can't stand. But I sung it anyhow. Amen. When they did the, you know, when they did the uh, the Ten Commandments, every Sunday morning, we read the Ten Commandments. Every Sunday morning. And see, when I wasn't willing, I wouldn't read them. What are they reading this for? What is wrong with these people? Okay. But when I got willing, I read the Ten Commandments right along with them. Amen. They had another thing. I don't even know since Barbara remember this. They had another thing. Uh, after the pastor finished his bacon and eggs or whatever, he, his grits and stuff in the back. You know, they uh, usually his son would say, the Lord is in his holy temple. That means let's get together. Do you remember that? <laughs> and I used to look, the Lord is in it. Oh, you talking about him? <laughs> the one with the, with the egg on his mouth and beard stuff. <laughs> but anyway, that's the way they would start. So I got right in with them. Amen. The Lord is in his holy temple. All right? Amen. And then when they did their songs, I did their songs. I did the Ten Commandments. I did everything. I got willing. See, willing is more than a word. It's an action. Say you're willing, you got to really be willing. Because, again, you can't fool God. You can fool people, but you can't fool God. Amen. So I got willing and obedient, and things begin to change. Absolutely phenomenal. Within, I, I don't remember the exact time frame, but I would say within a month from then, he asked me to start doing a Bible study, a midweek Bible study. Remember that? For that, you couldn't hardly do anything. You couldn't even read the Ten Commandments, hardly. <laughs> Amen. But he asked me to do a Bible study. And that's when, I mean, things just begin to take off. Why? Because I got willing and obedient. Amen. That's a, I mean, that's a, that is a, 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 a word for all of us as we go through the rest of this stuff. Okay. Next, I want you to turn, please, to Job. Job. <clears throat> Job 36. Job 36 and 11 says, If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Obey and serve. So now it's not willingness, it's service. You got to obey and serve. But notice obey is still there. Now without going to the other scripture, because all of you know it, just for the interest of time, you know the, the word also declares uh, that 
uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. He didn't tell you not to sacrifice. He said, but obedience is better. And you know, one of my, one of my things all the time I'm always saying is obey God. Obey God. Because that's the key to it. Obey God. Just do what God tells you to do. Amen. It's, it's, not, it's not hard. We make it hard. Because we want to do what we want to do and not what he said. Just obey God. Now, uh, one of the first words I received is that uh, I've given you a cutting edge ministry. Not all will accept you. Some will even reject you. But you say what I tell you to say and you do what I tell you to do. Obedience again. That's the key. Obedience. So now, what happens when you run into the tough places? It's a tough place. And you know what he told you to do. But it's a tough place. What do you do? Obey God. It may be tough, but obey God. Even though it's tough, the word that he speaks to you contains the power to get through the tough place. It was tough coming to Harlem. But I had to obey. So when you get to the tough place, you have to remember that obedience first. I must obey God. So now, let's turn to Isaiah 54. I hope you can, uh, you can glean from this today because uh, I went through a series of things I think uh, Wednesday or two ago, and uh, I want to go through some of them again today, but it all has to do with obeying God. In Isaiah, the 54th chapter, these scriptures the Lord gave me one, one day, I don't remember if it was a Sunday or a Wednesday, and I said, well, that's for you, for the congregation, and then the Lord spoke to me that evening, and he said, this is for you, meaning me. And uh, in the 54th chapter of Isaiah, in the first three, three verses, it says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. And here we go. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Obey God. That's a tough place. Enlarge the place of thy tent. When I, when I read this, it's God talking to me. Obey God. Enlarge the place of thy tent. You got to enlarge the place of thy tent. But that's, that costs a whole bunch of money. And we got to be asking people to give. And I don't want to do that. It's a tough place. But you got to obey God. <laughs> Enlarge the place of thy tent. 
and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. It means you got to expand. You got to spread out more than you've been. You can't remain where you were. Not if you're going to obey God. That's a tough place. Because with the natural eye, you see the same people that you saw before he said that. How am I going to expand, spread out, stretch forth with the same folk? When we was, we was making it, but we was just making it before. He doesn't look at that. His word supersedes what you see. His word supersedes what you have. When his word is spoken, you got to obey. Hmm. So stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not. Don't spare anything. You got to stretch out. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. Now, this is, this is a picture of a tent. You know, when, when you have a tent, generally, they'll give you specifications for the tent. Maybe it'll seat, say it's a tent that'll seat 500 people. Well, those cords are longer than what's necessary to enclose 500 people. So he says, stretch that cord out a little further, a little wider. And you got to make your stakes that hold the cords down a little deeper because you got to stretch out. So even if you're in a place, stretch out. So you see why we talked about the chairs. You got to get more chairs. You got to stretch, stretch out. S stretch out those cords. Strengthen the stakes. Because you got to expand. You got to enlarge the place of your tent. Verse 3. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Hallelujah. God is not obligated to tell you why he told you to do something. He's only obligated to tell you. Then you're obligated to obey. And once you obey, then he's obligated again to bring forth whatever he told you to obey. Hmm. So then he says in the fourth verse, fear not. Watch this now. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed. Most of the time, we don't go forward because we fear failure. That's the only reason we don't, we don't step out. Because we don't want to fail and then look bad to other people. Mostly it's our pride. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. And a lot of times your fear, your pride will cause you to disobey God. Because, hey, I don't want to look bad. 
I, I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to step out. But then you, but then you have a problem. Your problem is obey God. So then the only, the only recourse you have is to begin to question if it was God. Maybe it was me. No, no, you didn't think that until it got tough. <laughs> oh, I know that I know that I know. Yeah, until it got tough. Now, maybe that was me. Hallelujah. But notice what he says. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed. So now if he said that, that means he's obligated to bring it to pass. So whatever, whatever he told you to do, whether it's stepping out, stretching out, expanding, he said, I will not allow you to be ashamed. Why? Because you obey God. We like to say, he's got your back. That's what he's saying here. You're not going to be ashamed. Go ahead and do what I told you to do. I know the forces of, of, the, of the earth are coming against you. I know people are coming against you. I know your pocketbook is coming against you. I know that the people in wherever I told you to expand are coming against you. I knew that before I told you to expand. He knows the end before the beginning. It's all a test to see if you'll obey God. You have to get it out of the realm of me and my embarrassment. You got to get it out of that realm or you'll never go to the next level. You will remain in your comfort zone. But if you're going to obey God, let me tell you something. Let me give you a, let me give you a, a clue. God never asks you to do something you can do. Never does. He always goes beyond your ability. Because he not only wants you to obey him, he wants you to believe him. And your impossibility is God's possibility. He wants you to do it. We have to stop struggling with it and obey God. I don't know how it's going to happen. I can't see it. It does not appear yet to me, but I have to obey God. We have so many agendas that we set up ourselves. Amen. God never asked us to do it. But we have to insinuate that he did to justify our doing it. And then when it doesn't work, it's the people. If the people had only obeyed. Well, 
what God said to me, he didn't have to say to you. And what he said to you, he didn't have to say to me. You cannot use people as an excuse for not doing what God told you to do. You got to obey God. God will equip the people to help you do what he told you to do when you step out to obey him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, or don't be confused, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. So, that takes us back. Now I have to go and catalog these things. Remember, we gave the, the Lord gave us a word from 1 Corinthians 14 that we were to prophesy to one another, speak to men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Speak to men to one another, to edification, to exhortation, and to comfort. Not browbeat, not talk about, not ridicule, not find fault with, but edify, exhort, and comfort one another. <laughs> oh, it's going to come together. It's going to come together. Watch this. So this is what we're supposed to do. And uh, he gave it to me as a word, and I gave it to the church. This is what we're supposed to do. But still, there are people in here talking about other people, ridiculing other people, belittling other people, talking about what they wear, what they don't wear. What, how they act, how they don't act, whether they got makeup on, whether they don't have makeup on. He said, edify, exhort, and comfort. Obey God. That's a commandment to us. That's what we have to do. It doesn't matter what anybody else has to do. He's not talking to them. He was talking to us. He was setting us up for something and so many of us missed it. He was setting us up for the other thing that we said to you. He gave us another word. And the word was, even before that, that we were to put our vision in a nutshell to build people of faith, love, and power. To build people, not tear people down. To build people. Build people of faith, of love, and of power. Hmm. So now, the word declares that the just shall live by faith in Romans. And in 1 John, the word declares that the, uh, a new commandment I give you, 
that you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another as I have given you commandment, not suggestion, commandment to love one another. And then in Acts 1, it says, the word declares, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power, faith, love, and power. And then I believe it's in Ephesians or Galatians, it says that faith worketh by love. He was setting us up to pull this thing together because if you build the people, you will have the force necessary to do whatever I asked you to do. Because if the people are built up, they will be able to duplicate duplicate and multiply because they're built up. Because they're going to love one another. So, to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. Now, I like that comfort thing because it even says comfort the feeble-minded. Everybody may not be as bright as you. But that's not a that's not that does not give you license to ridicule them, to talk about them, to put them down, or not let them be a part of. Amen. Amen. So you got to bring them in too. <laughs> because he has a plan and a purpose. And he's not obligated to tell us the plan and the purpose. He's only obligated to give us the vision. We take the vision and run with the vision and the vision will fulfill the purpose. Let me say that again. He gives us the vision. If we take the vision and run with the vision, the vision will fulfill the purpose. So he never had to tell you the purpose. All he had to do was show you the vision. If you run with the vision, the purpose will be realized. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> then, more recently, he shared, he shared something with us. We can turn over there from Acts, the second chapter. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. He gave us another part of the equation. If you love one another and you're speaking to one another to edification, exhortation, and comfort, and you're sharing the same doctrine, and you're fellowshipping together, and you're breaking bread together, 
and you're praying together, you're going to be obeying me. And then I'm obligated to bring to pass the purpose of your existence. Hallelujah. So, then he brought me back to another part. Now watch this now, because this is this is this is some of the meat meat of this whole thing. He had said to me years ago, when we were still in, in the basement, I believe it was at a, a Friday night prayer service. He had said to me, this is not just a local church. This is an international ministry. Years ago, must have been 80, 87, 88, somewhere around there. And, uh, and then more recently, he spoke that same word to me again. Now watch this, because this is, this is where the rubber meets the road. I heard that word back 87, 88, whenever it was, and I recited that word to the congregation. And we, we acted upon that word. We began to travel and whatnot. But then he spoke that word to me again here more recently. And I heard the same word, but it had new meaning. It was the same word that was spoken back in 87, 88, 89, whenever it was, but it had new meaning today. Be careful now. Be careful. Be careful. Watch this. Watch this. God did not change that word, nor did he change uh, the delivery of that word. In other words, you know how you can say something, uh, come in, or come in. Same word. But it has two different meanings, right? You know, it's like, get in here, and the other one is, you're welcoming someone in. And you said the same thing. Well, what happened was, God spoke that word to me again, and this time, the word didn't change. I had changed. I told you, be careful. I want you to, want you to watch this now. I had changed. My spiritual level was different than when he spoke it to me the first time. So even though he said the same thing, the same way, in the same tone, I heard it differently because I was more mature. You want to know what am I doing? Well, that's a good, a good test to know what you're doing. Are you more mature today than you were last year? spiritually more mature or are you still the same still acting the same still talking the same still having the same challenges still arguing and fussing and fighting and talking about folk because if you are even if he spoke a word to you back then if he speaks it to you again today you're going to hear the same thing because you didn't mature <laughs> so when he spoke that word to me again more recently I heard the same word, but it had new meaning because I heard it from a more, more mature spiritual position. And I knew it's exactly the same word that I heard, had heard 12 or 13 years earlier. 
exactly the same word, but it had new meaning. How many times you read the scripture and you don't see it? And then one day, <gasps> I never saw that before. <laughs> yeah, because you're more mature reading the same word. He didn't have to change the word. Same word that you read 10 years ago that meant nothing or one thing to you. Now you see it. Ooh, wait a minute. Look at this. The word didn't change. You changed. Hmm. So God is saying to us, faith mission, I expect a change. I'm saying some of the same things I said to you before, but how are you receiving them now? Are you receiving them at the same level you were receiving them before? Because I'm ready to move on. Oh my God. I'm ready to move on. Are you ready to move on? Because I'm not going to get, listen, I'm not going to give you a new word. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving you a new word. I'm going to give you the same word. Are you mature enough to hear what I said? If the church has got to do so and so and so and so, but not if he said the international comes first. The international has got to do such and such and such first. Okay. Turn, please, before our time is completely gone, or is already gone. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 1. I'm going to have to continue this. I see that. I'll have to continue this next time. Deuteronomy chapter 1. I think I shared this with you the other day, and I know it went right over a lot of folks' heads, so that's why I say it again. In Deuteronomy, the first chapter, uh, Brother Oral Roberts, he started bringing this to the forefront several years ago about uh, he was reading and he saw that God wanted us to, he, God wanted to make us a thousand times more than we are. Okay. Now look at, look at the 10th verse and we're going to close verse 10 and 11. The Lord your God hath multiplied you and behold, you are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. As the stars of heaven for multitude. That's the international phase of the ministry. Verse 11. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as you are and bless you as he hath promised you. That's the local church phase of the ministry. I got to keep it in order. In order for me to obey God, I got to keep it in order. I have to do it the way God said it, not the way I think it should be. Because see, in the natural, this is here. We can see this. Okay, let's fix this. Let's expand this. And yes, we ought to do that. Because that's a part of this also. That you take care of God's house and he'll take care of your house. I didn't even turn there, but that's that's that that was a, the next part of this message was going to be from uh, Haggai. Okay, you, you take care of God's house and he'll take care of your house. But the key is obey 
God. Don't limit him. Obey him. Don't second guess him. Obey him. Don't try to figure it out. Obey him. Amen. Don't try to do it in your own strength. Obey him. He gives you something that's more than you can do because he wants you to obey him. Amen. Hallelujah. When when the people of when the people of God were enslaved in Egypt, God said, I heard the cry of my people, and I will come down and deliver them. What did he do next? He called a man. He said, Moses. <laughs> well, doesn't God have the power to do it himself? What did he call Moses for? Because God always uses a man. He said, Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. And Moses said, yeah, God, go get them. Get them Egyptians. Tear them up. Eat them alive. They've been messing with your people. And God said, no, Moses, you go. God, why you want to do me like that? You're all powerful. You're omniscient, omnipotent. You know, you know all things. Why you want to speak to me to go? Won't you go do it? No, I'm sending you. Because he uses a man. Obey God. When, when the, the, the children of Israel again got into difficulty, God found a coward by the name of Gideon. When the people were crying for deliverance, God said, I'm going to deliver my people. Gideon, mighty man of valor. What? I'm trying to hide under the sticks. What are you calling me for? Because God always uses a man, a man that will obey him. Hallelujah. And we're going to obey God. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you receive something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord and he is coming soon.